0: Influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights, and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at Qatar Economic Forum.com.
1: Let's get to our guest, John Woods, Asia Pacific CIO at Credit Suisse. Well, John, it appears that we have something like three to six months of pain coming up uh, if you're long-risk assets. But after that, there'll be some opportunities, and we've got a couple of big catalysts that would be looming. The Fed perhaps hinting that job done, and maybe a change in the COVID policy in China. Which one happens first?
2: Gosh, that's a, that's a complex um, and well judged question. Uh, it's a Brian. brilliant, brilliant question. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my sense is actually we are quite some way from uh, any sense of Fed pivot, uh, given the uh, message which reverberated from uh, Jackson Hole just uh, a few days ago, uh, my sense is the Fed will not even consider easing at least until we see inflation at or very close to that 2% target or 2 to 3% target and not only hitting that target but remaining there consistently uh, for a number of months. So I think uh, one of the reasons why the market so um, aggressively sold off uh, Friday was the fact that uh, we are What, eight, nine percent currently uh, in terms of headline CPI? I I can't imagine us getting down to that sort of two percent area, at least for uh, six to nine months. Uh, Mm. Regarding zero COVID, well, um, I think that's an event for uh, post-COVID. Uh, The Party Congress, which is scheduled, I believe, for October, I suspect that um, there will be a number of months before uh, that's um, recalibrated um, and repackaged, possibly something for the new year uh, 2023. So on balance, I suspect it's zero COVID uh, rather Mm. than uh, um, uh, any sense of a pivot by the Fed.
3: And just getting back to the impact of what we're expecting from the Fed on risk assets, if you've seen September the second worst month on average for the S&P 500 index over the past two decades, how much further pain are we expecting next month?
2: Well, I think it was um, noteworthy that in his short, sharp shock, which was that 8 minutes. Speech. Fed uh, Chairman Powell made zero reference whatsoever to financial conditions and financial markets. That says to me that uh, both the economy and the market is likely to endure a substantial amount of pain um, in uh, in uh, as uh, en- inflation is engineered lower. Uh, and by the way, one of the reasons Credit Suisse unusually. Uh, moved its uh, tactical allocation to underweight equities for the first time in a very long time in anticipation of a deceleration in uh, economic growth, um, a compression in margins, uh, and frankly, a higher probability of recession. I did say three to six months of pain, and it seems like you're saying it could be more. Uh, Well, absolutely. It's really a a function of inflation and how enduring and how sticky uh, that is likely to be.
1: Investors will want to get out in front, right? At some point, they'll be looking perhaps
2: beyond uh, the recession. Uh, yes, I guess they will be looking for opportunities uh, and cheapen valuations. Um, we're not there yet. We're not anywhere close. I think uh, to these sort of levels, which would be attractive. By which I mean, sort of two, thre- uh, two or th- uh, sorry, one or two standard de- deviations below a ten or even fifteen-year mean. Brian, we're not there yet, and, and I suspect it will take some time uh, for that to happen.
3: You touched quickly on China's COVID zero, but just quickly, how weak are these PMIs expected to be when we get them in about 20 minutes?
2: Well, I don't think they're going to be um, substantially weaker, although I think they are going to tick lower. Uh, I mean, one of the big problems we have with China right now is the hesitancy, uh, both of the central government and provincial governments, to aggressively roll out the stimulus that has already been announced. And until that actually happens, until uh, uh, provincial governments in particular step up and aggressively uh, invest, well, then I suspect uh, PMIs, and particularly forward PMIs, will remain under pressure.
3: I just wanted to get your thoughts, though, on the PBOC setting that stronger-than-expected yuan fix for a sixth day, getting more aggressive in pushing back against this weaker yuan?
2: Well, I think the PBOC is between a rock and a hard place right now. You have, uh, obviously, the Fed signalling an intention Uh, to uh, raise rates perhaps more aggressively than originally anticipated, and yet you have the PBOC at the same time seeking to ease rates to support underlying uh, economic conditions. And of course, the Fed constrains the PBOC's ability to do that, and the only way really to offset uh, that is through the currency. So we've seen a substantial amount of volatility uh, in uh, renminbi, both onshore and offshore. I suspect that will continue. The PBOC will seek to smooth as much as it can. underlying trend uh, of renminbi but uh, in our view it's likely to weaken further um, we're calling for um, around 6.9 in the next three months or so but frankly I wouldn't be at all surprised if we get a little more volatility uh, in the interim period well,
1: so many Asian currencies have weakened even more um, so the comparative advantage is not really that big for China um, I mentioned QT because I am not quite sure how to measure it. Uh, so I'm hoping to get some expertise from you how you know how much Q t is priced into the markets and and what is the best way to measure it?
2: Well, I mean, I think it's certainly the case that um, Jackson Hole and interest rates have uh, captured the attention of the market. But absolutely, um, underlying that, uh, we have the enduring risk of QT. Uh, and of course, the Federal Reserve this week is set to raise uh, that double, uh, that program from some uh, $60 billion uh, to, uh, a month to some $30, 35000000000 Uh, So so there's a substantial increase uh, in the runoff uh, of Treasuries being held. Uh, The extent to which it influences market pricing, market behavior, again, um, it's less certain. But certainly I think it speaks to um, the draining of liquidity from the market, uh, the type of uh, support that previously existed to both the economy uh, and particularly equity markets, uh, I suspect is likely to diminish. And again, just speaks to a more challenging set of of circumstances uh, in the next three to six months and, and, and probably um, confirms those investors which are seeking to uh, manage and reduce risk uh, in such an environment.
3: John, I mentioned uh, the weakness that you're seeing in crude uh, headed for its longest declining streak in more than two years. Have we started to see a little bit of the tightness in the crude market ease though, crude market ease?
2: Um, Certainly. Uh, And I think purely from a fundamentals perspective, uh, we will anticipate uh, lower oil prices uh, in the weeks and months to come. I mean, it doesn't help that uh, on the supply side uh, there seems to be a reluctance to cut production amongst certain OPEC members, and that was the the message communicated in the last few days. But my sense is, as uh, we reprice growth at the global level, uh, actually underlying uh, premium uh, for crude will will diminish and we would anticipate further downward uh, pressure on crisis.
1: John, how big of a story is the reshoring of key manufacturing uh, back home for a lot of a lot of um, countries, Uh, particularly the United States have made the most noise, but others will likely do so as well. And, And how much of an impact on China is there going to be?
2: A massive medium to long term impact. um, I would suspect over the near term uh, less so. Uh, It takes decades to set up um, and establish the infrastructure for a supply chain um, and unwinding it um, over the near term is is very, very difficult. Is it
1: a net positive?
2: Well, I mean, it's a it's a net positive for uh, the reshoring that the, the country benefiting uh, from that reshoring. I'm I'm less convinced it's a po- it's a positive for countries like China, uh, but uh, again, it speaks to the end of globalization. It speaks to um, a rise in mo- multipolar worlds. Uh, it speaks to uh, the geopolitical uh, divisions that are now uh, impacting the political. Uh, sorry, the economic. Uh, outlook for um, our global economy. And and again, I don't see that changing anytime soon. So over the medium term, absolutely countries um, in and around the United States, for example, Mexico, Canada, uh, will all be major beneficiaries uh, of reshoring and something similar comparably in the EU as well.
3: John, always a pleasure. John Woods joining us in Hong Kong, Asia Pacific CIO at Credit Suisse. The
0: countdown has begun from May 14th to 16th